0: Welcome to what? The if engage safety protocols. Do we do we have any safety protocols? We may not. Uh,
1: well, we're socially distancing.
0: Yeah. That's true.
1: Mm-hmm. That that's counts. True. Yeah, that's true.
0: Uh. How are you both happy? This is our our first time actually together, well, actually, t- actually not actually together <laughs> <laughs> since the new year, recording a brand new show. Uh, how are you? How are you both? You you survived the new year. Mm-hmm. That much I can attest to. Beyond that, I don't have that much data on your status. But...
1: Um, yeah, I'm healthy. Um, grumpy. Good. Yes. Good.
2: Similarly, have not fallen prey to Omicron, but am um, just cold. My room's drafty. Yeah. And then like two sweaters over here. Oh, wow.
0: <laughs> yes, I also have not gotten it. Although uh, Dr. Fauci was saying, I believe the other day, everybody's going to get it. At some point. I mean, or I,
2: I always hate saying that, like as a virologist, especially too, like since there are people who can't get it or they will. Die because they have compromised immune systems. Um, but yeah, I think it's possible that for the rest of us, we might get something or, you know, just get boosted at a convenient time and miss it. Cause that's the other thing too. I think that's how my roommate dodged it. She got exposed and, but had just been boosted. And despite testing a trillion times, she never came up positive.
0: But she actually, but she did get it, you think?
2: No, no, she, she was she just did not. at like two events back to back where there were people who got it and other people at the same events got sick around her. She was fine, but I think oh, it just had cool. to be wow. well-timed booster.
1: Yeah, good for
0: her. That yeah. sounds like a it superhero. Was... My name.
1: Well-timed booster.
0: Well-timed mm-hmm. booster. Yeah. <laughs> Look up in the sky.
2: All well-timed of this is booster. just mentally prompting a rewatch of Osmosis Jones for me. So.
1: <laughs> wow, that's a fairly obscure movie. What is? Mm-hmm. That? I don't know. As Osmosis I- Jones
2: i don't remember it too well like it's almost like a fever dream because i definitely watched it as a kid um but it's like it's like a cartoon of like inside the human body and like the pill like there's like a pill who's like a superhero kind of um, yeah sort of a sassy
1: fantastic voyage from the 90s if i remember right maybe late 80s
2: yeah it's it's very 90s i can,
1: I can totally imagine it would be a um uh, inspirational film for a future virologist
2: though I forgot Chris Rock was Osmosis Jones. I literally am just looking this up.
1: Oh, is he real? Bill Murray was in it? That.
2: Oh, yeah, he was. The, the cast list for this is actually kind of wild. <laughs> yeah, Lawrence Fishburne was in it. Wow. This is Damn. fantastic.
0: Any show that begins with movie recommendations is...
1: It's always good, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I would say I, almost. It's al- already, already worth, worth the price of admission. Speaking of the price of price. admission... <laughs> uh, <but laughs> that that for a segue uh, those of you who have been listening all this time the price of admission was and of course we'll always will remain free as an option but um, we have something uh, we've joined something called patreon those of you who know what patreon is are familiar with it those who don't uh, it's a crowdfunding uh, platform and uh, in which you can uh, you can join and uh, at, at different levels of uh, Monthly donations, I believe, is how it works, and uh, very, very, very reasonable amounts. And you get, um, for doing so, you'll get all kinds of cool rewards. Um, so, for instance, we have merchandise available, merch, as they call it, uh, and uh, we have uh, multi-dimensional fire goblets. I believe is one of our options, also known as a mug with a funny uh, logo what the if logo all sporting the what the if logo that you know and love uh t-shirts and um on and on go to patreon.com p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash what the if all one word and uh check out our stuff check it out even if you have no idea what it is or not sure if that's something you want to be a part of uh we'll be doing other things too at the higher reward levels We'll, we'll We'll be having the, kind of a newsletter we'll put out. We'll, we'll have uh, live streams with the cast just for you, uh, people at certain membership levels, so that'll be all kind of fun. Um, check it out. You can also, if you can't remember that, go to, just go to our website, whattheif.com, and right there at the very top, you'll see a link to our Patreon. So a huge thanks to the people at Patreon. It's an amazing service for creating that. And uh, I also want to give a shout out to Joshua Reinstein, uh, our incredible staff member who uh, is putting that thing together. And so also, if you have any suggestions um, for types of merchandise you'd like to have available, types of rewards you'd like to have available, or just give us a thumbs up or uh, any ideas, let us know. You can also just email us, feedback at whattheif.com. You can always do that. And we're on Twitter, what the if Show, all those different places. So patreon.com slash whattheif. You'll be hearing me say that um, periodically. And uh, now it's time, speaking of you lovely uh, listeners around the world, we got an idea. Sometimes an idea is so brilliant and obvious is not the word. I don't want to say obvious, but sort of, it's just like, duh.
1: Yeah, compelling.
0: Compelling, yeah. You're like, how did we not, how did we not do that? Uh, and so wonderful uh, email has come in from our uh, listener Nigel across the pond from us. We're in New York. Nigel is in the UK. And Nigel says um, his subject, <laughs> I like his subject, he's humble from the start as, as many people from the UK are. Uh, at least in correspondence, you know, um, before we all go to the pub and Stuff gets crazy. Uh, the subject, <laughs> what the if idea, from a complete layman, and Nick uh, Nigel says, uh, "I adore science, but I have no educational qualifications of note in this area of human learning." Sorry, sad face. Uh, I have, all, by the way, Nigel. I'm I'm somewhat with you. I, I have some educational qualifications of note, but it, I'm it hasn't changed my sad face. Uh, my actual ability to do any science hence I am a filmmaker uh, I, Nigel c- continues, I have always wondered how, th- oh wait, wait I can't believe I'm not playing uh, this music which is obviously appropriate to the UK and that is a heavy doses of sarcasm but our mailbag Nigel wrote in from our mailbag and uh Gabby and I are both from Maryland this is a little bit of bluegrassy kind of thing so I don't know about you I, I won't, I won't drag you into this mail male, this uh, association Gabby, but I'll say I love this music and when I think male, I think this music. Nigel said, I've always wondered how things would have turned out for our distant ancestors uh, if they hadn't managed to be blessed with opposable thumbs. Three question marks. That's true. What the if fashion three questions. This is a three question mark question. And he concludes, what uh, would we even have got out of the Stone Age or into it for that matter, followed by five question marks? So almost a six question mark, like six sigma. You care about six sigma level of uh, uh, proof or things. This is a five question mark level mystery.
1: That's pretty serious.
0: And, um, so, we begin, what the if? Our ancestors, really our ancestors, 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 going way back, and Gabby and Matt will help us understand how far back... What if they did not have opposable thumbs? No thumbs in opposition? Perish the thought. Gabby, would you like to take the lead on this? Gabby, uh, I, I had not mentioned, Gabby is a virologist, uh, which I believe falls into the category biologist as well, from uh, Rockefeller University here in uh, New York. Would you like to... Uh, first of all, what... There are people who may be lost at the idea of opposable. What does that mean, opposable thumbs?
2: And yeah, is that so different
0: from thumbs, just regular thumbs?
2: Well, so regular thumbs doesn't really exist. It's sort of just our specific way of differentiating it. This is an opposable finger, opposable digit. Because, um, for example, in birds, it's usually referred to as a hallux, despite being basically the same thing. Um, it's essentially a finger that is not... Um, directly pointing and in line with the rest. Um, that's sort of the in-opposition to the rest. So for example, if you, you know pull your middle finger down and your thumb up, you can make them meet each other. Um, if you did that with two of your fingers right next to each other, you b- pulled them both down or pulled one up and one down, they're not going to touch each other. They're just both going to go in the same direction. Um, so the fact that we can have fingers meet each other means that we can, we can grasp things really easily um, and it helps us be pretty dexterous. Plus, there's some uh, cool wiring, essentially, of musculature in our forearms that helps us with uh, grip strength and dexterity. Uh
0: Oh, interesting. It goes beyond. Right. So um, opposable thumbs, does that mean... So thumbs, okay, let's say we're familiar with that. We'll define our terms. People People are familiar with what a thumb is. Does this mean that... So the opposition is... Is not about our individual, like our left hand thumb and our right hand thumb, being pointing the diff in di- different directions. Say, it's actually being in opposition to the other fingers. That is yeah. the key. Yeah.
2: So, for example, you can have, like, in some marsupials, they have digits that are considered opposable, but relative to other digits. Um, so, for example, I think like, um, like. There's certain marsupials where the um, the first and second toes are opposable to the other three, meaning that those are opposite of the other ones. Um, but it's not to say that, you know, they, they don't really have like one thumb. They essentially have kind of like two. It gets a little funky because the animal kingdom is constantly making slightly different or vastly different builds on a the same theme. Um, so what we consider a thumb is just a way of specifically referencing our type of opposable digit and generally the opposable digits of um, primates
0: right and i guess it's because the thumb unlike your four other fingers is it a to- is it like a 90 degree angle essentially on your hand is that right well
1: now? it's like what i was referring to a minute ago it's the direction that it can push yes. and pull in right so it's hard to Uh, get your index finger and your pinky to push against each other in a useful way, but it's easy to get the thumb to push against it. So I think it's not so much the location of it. Is that right, Gabby? As it is the direction it can push that matters.
2: Yeah. So for example, if you imagine directly from your wrist spouting a thumb as opposed to it being on the side, that would still be an opposable digit. It'd be pretty weird, but that's still opposable and you know, provided that your forearms were built with the musculature for that, you could probably still use it. So,
0: so the idea is then uh, Nigel's asking about our, and he mentions our ancestors. And so who are we speaking about exactly? How, at a certain point, I guess we go back in our evolution and we go beyond our grandparents and way, way, way beyond all their Grand, 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 grandparents. And we begin to see humans kind of in the timeline becoming more um, ape-like, I guess. But if you go back even further, they become what? Uh, how far back do we have to go to where we find someone related to us, an ancestor of ours who does not have
2: a thumb or an opposable? So Homo habilis is the one that I'm pretty sure that people think is is the ancestor that developed the opposable thumb. Um, although I, I feel like I should mention, you know, opposable thumbs aren't a human exclusive phenomenon. They're found in other apes. Um, so, Uh-oh. for example, uh, there are like pseudo opposable thumbs. that They're kind of like that. They're just maybe like a little offset. Um, you know, animals like bonobos also have, they have kind of like an incomplete opposable thumb. So it's in a slightly weirder position, but it's still capable of some tool use it's why like if you do see an ape using a tool it kind of looks clumsy it's because of like thumb position um but there are opposable thumbs in old world monkeys um and it's one of these things where you see where apes that spent that are specialized for particularly like swinging motions their hands tend to be really really stretched out um and so that puts the thumb position lower and it's not as useful but more terrestrial monkeys Tend to have hand shapes that are more that are more analogous to us, um, which, as being descended from terrestrial apes, and I guess you could say still currently terrestrial apes, um, you know, that's where you would have found a similar hand shape, and can still find that today because I think it's what baboons also have a similar hand shape to us. Maybe I'm making that up, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah,
0: but I one of the hear, Like when you go to the zoo and you look at the apes and the different kinds of. Uh, similar creatures there, and you see their hands and them using their hands. uh, It's eerie. It's one of those eerie, sort of like almost uncanny valley-like connections to yourself. It's like, oh, he's almost like us, but not. I remember one time watching monkeys at the, uh, and I don't know what kind I'm I'm afraid to say, but uh, three monkeys at the zoo in an outdoor cage, really studying and playing with the big lock, the big padlock. (laughs) On their I mean, they were really looking it over trying. And I thought that was fascinating.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They're learning a monkey jailbreak. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, So I guess that's, uh, I guess, um, is an important point to to flag is that we usually, we think of the significance of the opposable thumbs as being for tool use, but lots of animals use tools, right? It's not just Ah, uh us. Um, so it's, uh, uh, so we might need to be more specific about exactly what it is that the opposable the thumb does for us.
0: Or perhaps even being more obvious just to help people understand, I think when I think of this, when this question comes to mind for me, I go back to images from nature documentaries that I've seen where there were dinosaurs and there were rodent creatures who would scamper around the forest floor and hide from the dinosaurs. Um, and those mars... Marsupials, is that correct to say? Are our ancestors?
2: No. They would be mammals, just general mammals. uh, Marsupials are a subset of. Well, they're a subset of mammals, but they're specific. It's like saying apes are also a type of mammal, but there's a difference between us and a mouse. We're both mammals, but primates are different.
0: Right, right. So there's. But we're talking about, like, go back. Let's to begin with, just imagine creatures that don't look like humans at all. Right, they look like little,
2: uh... yeah, like little rodent y kind of creatures, mammals, little fuzzy things running away from the dinosaurs.
0: Right, right, right. And so they have little claws, they look like a mouse. Is that like,
2: I mean, yeah, like, oh, we don't know, right. You're kind of asking a question that's a little difficult to get based on like fossil records but yeah if you imagine something mousy it's not a mouse as we know a mouse now they haven't existed exactly the same but rodent like creatures have always have we're still around then i can't say we're always around they weren't in like the cambrian explosion but yeah just imagine some kind of rodent
0: right and at some point they begin to evolve into uh Well, many, many things as we go down through the flow of time, but eventually you start to get early humans, things like this. And is there a point where, is there some sort of uh, uh, clear point where it's like, oh, opposable thumb, and suddenly the branch that leads to us shows remarkable promise?
2: So opposable thumbs are are pretty, I don't want to say they're common, but they're not rare. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's not just us that have them. So, for example, other types of, of rodents um, in the family, like muridae, Murid rodents, you might say, um, they have a, a back claw in this form. It's referred to as a hallux. So it's kind of like the thumb that other things have. We just call it a hallux instead. Oh. Um, it's fully opposable, and it's, it's really found in like arboreal species, so things that are in the trees so that they can grip tree right. branches and not just fall out of them. Um, so opossums also have opposable back feet. Uh, they, they have an opposable thumb basically on their back foot that helps them grip uh, branches and stuff like that. And again, not fall off. Certain monkeys have opposable tails, like prehensile tails. Um, you say prehensile as opposed to opposable. Technically, the tail is opposable to the whole monkey. Um, but it's, they have prehensile tails that sort of take the place of that thumb as far as grasping goes. Um, So having the ability to grasp stuff better is not necessarily a rare trait. It turns out it's very desirable. Um, But for our group, particularly of primates, um, it it seems like it was maybe more beneficial for manipulating stuff on the ground. And you didn't really need these long, stretched out hands for sailing through the treetops because we were mostly walking around or kind of crawling around. I don't think we were like at
0: the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Matt, if you, if you were, uh, as master of the if, uh, the one who was uh, sent back into the time machine to, to run this experiment, uh, is there a particular period in uh, evolution or a particular creature or somewhere where you'd go, aha, here's where I'm going to make? This was, this is the last stop before.
1: Well, it's tricky because sort of one of the, the um, basic premises of Darwinian evolution is gradual change yeah. and continuous change. So, um, what Darwin would have uh, expected to see uh, is um, very slight change. There was a at, at one point there was a finger that was not quite a thumb, and then each generation it was a little more like a thumb, um, and so there wouldn't have been any particular moment at which. Um, uh, suddenly, a thumb was uh, opposable. Um, so it's very difficult to find a moment to intervene. Um, I wonder if, because as Gabby was saying, the, the thumb, it's, the opposability isn't so rare. Tool use, per se, isn't so rare. Um, so maybe what we're looking for is some combination of actually, maybe we should be looking in the brain, actually, some conceptual moment at which proto humans decide that something interesting can be done with the thing they're picking up um uh so maybe we want to find not the first opposable thumb but the first proto human to pick up a sharp rock um with that thumb and then slap it out of their hands which
0: which (laughs) which takes us to we're uh, coming from film i i i can't say that that for those of you who have seen the film 2001, uh, not really much of a spoiler to give away this part. It happens very early in the movie. Uh, there's the uh, the early human characters you see. Some people call them apes, but they're actually early humans. Um, can do things with rocks, and they can pick up sticks, and they try different things. But there's one moment where, I, I believe he's the head of the tribe or something, he's like, he gets the idea, and, and there's a drought happening, so they're starving. And um, He gets the idea to pick up a bone from a large animal and use it to hit another uh, creature on the head uh, as defense and then later could be used for food and things like that. And he throws that bone into the air. I actually have a painting of this particular frame <gasps> there's a, uh, a friend in Los Angeles used to paint famous movie frames I have a painting of uh, someone I made of uh, the bone flying through the air uh, and the next cut is a cut to a spaceship the idea being that this was the moment you know abstractly speaking where the idea to use our thumbs plus tool making suddenly launches us in a direction that no other creatures, um, have gone down.
1: Yeah. And I can, I mean, this is really not my area of expertise, but I can imagine that's perhaps one of the differences is that, uh, between us and other critters with, um, uh, opposable, um, digits, uh, is that, um, our hands are quite strong. Maybe that's just body scale issue.
0: What um, this is, I, I have to intervene here and say, this is sensei, uh, Matt uh, speaking, um, karate master whose hands are, I think, lethal weapons. <laughs> like uh, some of us have. I have hands. I can't. I uh, can't say mine are especially strong or intelligent.
2: Saw, I was gonna say I'm a rock climber, so yeah. Yeah, sorry, both of sure. you guys. The, the ability of no. a human hand yeah, mine, to become yeah. extremely swole is very impressive. <laughs> swole. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
0: Apologies, uh, professor.
1: <laughs> so something like a, um, a stone hand axe is a fairly heavy object um, that requires uh, a, a fair bit of muscle um, to hold and use in a useful way. So even if a, I don't know, a parrot uh, has an opposable digit, it may not be able to lift and use um, an object that's heavy enough. Uh, to be uh-huh. what we would think of as yeah. a, a formal tool. Um so that's one one thing I could imagine is implied here.
0: Basically yes. you know, directly across the street from me they just opened in the middle of the pandemic go figure one of these places where you drink beer and throw hand axes. Oh nice. Um yeah. and so you know what nigel if nigel's what the if says if if that so if some you know some place in the in the evolutionary tree had not happened Boom, that place is gone. So, automatically, terror. Well,
2: it's funny that we're talking about throwing, because that's actually Uh a a genuine hypothesis about the evolution of humanity. So, our arms are built a little different from other primates. We're really good at throwing stuff. Like, even if you're like, I'm bad at throwing, congratulations, you're better than a chimpanzee. Like, (laughs) any human being is more accurate than a chimpanzee. And some of that has to do with the way that our arms are built. And so like, you're like, oh yeah, gorillas are super strong. We're never that strong. Yeah, because their arms are physically built different. Their elbows essentially extend back a little bit further than their, uh, the rest of their arm, like bicep comes down. Um, so that means essentially they get more force. There's more pulling power back. They can fit more muscle um, because that bone extends further. Um, but as a result, you know, you don't really get as much accuracy as you can as a human being. I mean, think about it. you watch some baseball players throw like 90 mile an hour fastballs that's a lethal weapon sir um and so if you are a monkey with a rock congratulations you are now a little bit higher on the totem pole than every other monkey who can't throw that rock as well um and so it's kind of thought that you know yes we have these opposable thumbs that let us grip said rock um but the fact that if you are trying to create a primate society it's not just you know strongest monkey wins and I keep saying monkey. It is technically ape, but it's kind of a meme to just be like monkey. So I'm going to continue with that. Um, <laughs> well, I like that. I'm forcing some of my mm. friends to listen to this episode now because we've been watching, rewatching the Planet of the Apes movies, all of them, including the oh, new yeah. ones, and yeah. all of the monkey jokes. Those are documentaries,
0: by the way. Those are Yeah, from the future.
2: Yeah. Um. But yeah. So if you were, if you're essentially trying to create a, a society, and you are a proto-human. Um, It's and you have the ability to throw rocks and everyone else does, you know, it's no longer whoever the strongest primate is in the group gets their way. You can all just gang up on that one and throw rocks at them until they die because you have now an ability to, as a group, enforce things um, or as smaller groups defend yourself. Um, And I think that goes hand in hand with, you know, some more thinking skills. Uh, Because, for the most part, if you present a chimpanzee with any amount of like stone to work with or something like that, they're not going to spontaneously make tools. So, clearly, there was some nexus of, well, like other primates, we have the thumbs so we can grasp things well, we have the brain so we can think about how we want to use this, and we got a wicked pitching arm so we're going to throw rocks. Yes. Nope. Oh,
0: interesting! Wow, I I have new respect for baseball. And by the way, I've always had a tremendous amount of respect for baseball. Actually, but uh, grew up in 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 Baltimore, going to the uh, watch the O's and uh, the Orioles play. And baseball is an amazing sport. And uh, I suppose for Nigel, we should we should say uh, a shout out to our the ancestor of baseball, cricket. Other game where people where humans throw things I think one theory for this reason why the monkey have not uh, <laughs> moved beyond uh, uh, into the in, that we don't see monkey baseball is um, partly the sponsorships are tough to get I mean it's mm, a racket you need an agent and, and all that kind of stuff but uh, um, might also be that they do throw their poo around. I mean that if you're growing up as a kid and you're going to the zoo you will see monkeys throw poo and i think they find the monkeys find that so hilarious that they don't need to move beyond it it's like oh we could throw yeah. something harder <laughs>
2: that is the pinnacle of their maslow's hierarchy of needs and they've hit right. it <laughs> that's
0: right. we threw poo into the humans we're good good day that's really interesting though the, the throwing i i didn't see this coming um when i think of uh I think more and probably may perhaps Nigel was. And I think a lot of people, when we talk about opposable thumb, I think of the strength uh, issue of lifting something, like you said. But we move now into throwing. So if humans, so if throwing never evolves, uh, how far this, how far, if I push on this, if this experiment, um, how far might humans? Or what might the differentiation between humans and other uh, mammals have looked like if uh, we didn't ha- our opposable the opposable thumb part of our anatomy not really ever become this very distinct from these other animals, but the brain maybe kept changing. I mean, I, mean, know what I, mean? I what-
2: think throwing is like. Very important to humanity and how we've we've progressed because right. you know one of the things that we did before we you know had bows and arrows because that was not an early invention that was pretty late for the most part we were spear throwers uh, and that's uh-huh. how we hunted megafauna because for the most part you know we were persistence hunters I'm not sure how much just to explain what that means um, human beings are really good at walking um, you probably don't really think of that um, but. I mean, if you live in New York, think about how much you walk on a regular day. I walk three to five miles, and I don't blink. On a, I'm having a good day with my friends and just walking around the city. I walk 15 to 20 miles, and I might be sore at the end of the day, but the next day I'm still going to be able to walk the three to five miles that I normally do. That's unheard of. You try to make your dog walk 20 miles; the dog is going to sit down and not move at some (laughs) point. Be like, "No, what the hell are you doing?" Um, So what we would do ancestrally. Is we would follow large creatures and essentially walk after them until they drop dead of exhaustion, or we would develop traps. Which there's things that we had for woolly mammoths. We have actual evidence of like traps that we made for woolly mammoths like fifteen thousand years ago, where people would you know stand up on top of a valley or something like that and throw spears in until they killed this giant, uh, giant herbivore. Um, so. I think we definitely, you know, throwing would be kind of a hard thing for us to have developed and continued as a society without, or we would have had to change what we hunted, I think.
1: And I wouldn't be surprised if the biomechanics of throwing are also related to the biomechanics used for napping, that is stone napping. Probably. Um, which Whoa, is What? Cr- stone,
0: stone napping? napping.
1: Uh, that's K-N-A-P-P. Oh. Uh, napping. <laughs> Um, that's when you take a stone and bang it against another stone to get a flake off. Um, and there, that's how you shape stone tools. So the technique called napping, um, and you, you, those of you listening to the podcast can't see me doing this. I'm doing the napping motion with my hand right now. It's, it's a distinct motion that I think only humans do, um, Uh, and that's what's needed. Like that's the critical step for using tools to make better tools, at least as far as our evolution, maybe there's some other route that we didn't take. Um, so, uh, and I suspect it would be really hard to do stone napping without, uh, thumbs of the sort that we have, um, uh, because it's, it's technically difficult even with the thumb, um.
2: So this is where I feel like I should mention too. I mentioned that, you know, we've got a lot of stuff in our forearms that, you know, a lot of equipment muscles in our forearms that really help us. This is where what Matt's talking about, about, you know, the skill to do napping. We have a lot of musculature that winds up enabling us to be pretty precise. And that's only really been emphasized by the fact that we really specced in the tool use as a species. Um, So those muscles were very much selected for to, you know, anything that helped us get better motor control was an advantage. Uh, and I should say from a friend of mine, um, he studied uh, anthropology, at least at some point in college, and his professor made them do flint napping. And he was saying, it's not easy. Like you kind of have a thing, you bang two rocks together, you carve it into a shape. It's apparently quite difficult. and You need a lot of control and a lot of technique. So, yeah, that definitely puts it outside the realm of, of most you know primates as we know today.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is really hard. Um, And uh, I should say also immensely frustrating uh, because (laughs) the the rocks shatter really easily.
0: Um, Oh, wow. That's interesting. What's what's fascinating is I almost find it sounds like what you're talking about is that in the transition to, to tool use, it's almost like, well, we had to be able to do some of these things ourselves first before we invented, you know, I mean, eventually we invent the catapult or a bow and arrow the bow for you know for shooting arrows or you know we invent machines that throw things far better than we can throw them ourselves but it's almost like we had to be able to do it ourselves first or that's just how evolution played out Anyway, we we discovered how to do it ourselves first and kept proving that eventually led us to say okay now that we've reached you know it might be that now that our now that everybody in all the tribes can throw fairly equally well we need a bigger advantage so let's build a machine that throws things better or a machine that will will carve tools you
2: know well eventually. i should mention the invention that predates the bow and arrow is uh at atlatl uh it's a spear thrower it's essentially kind of like a long rod that you oh. put a spear into and you'd use it to yeet a spear more aggressively than you could already yeet a spear um <laughs> So essentially, the, one of the earliest human inventions, rather than, you know, bow and arrow, which is, I feel like, one degree removed from what you might think of spear throwing was, how can uh-huh. we just super spear throw? And so that was a yeah. very early, very early invention.
0: That's interesting. I mean, in some ways, when I was talking about that, how uh, Kubrick and uh, Arthur C. Clarke, who wrote the, uh, 2001, you know, used this idea, which is quite brilliant, actually, to go a little bit, to, to show, leave big gaps in the logic, show you this tool that I'm using to hit another creature um, for defense or food um, then becomes a rocket. This device you're talking about is really like a direct predecessor of the rocket. <laughs> how, yes. how fast can we throw this spear? You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, so but. even I think the one of the important implica- or th- takeaways from that is that even what we think of as really primitive tools like spears um, can be combined with other primitive tools like a grooved rod uh, to vastly improve their, oh, wow. um, their functioning. So once you you get this kind of runaway effect, where as soon as you get one kind of tool, then that leads to other kinds of tools um, that then build on each other. Um, and then suddenly we end up with, you know, cat videos on our smartphones. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, in fact, it, what I was wondering is: is it possible that without any ability, any will any physical ability on our own to do something, we might have created a tool that does it without that intermediate step? You know, like because c- if that was the case, that's almost like any creature could could do it, right? I mean,
2: I. I Maybe I mean I don't know. It's weird how human beings are with you know working one step from a thing. You know you yeah. start with the atlatl to throw a spear, then you make a bow and arrow, and eventually you're at a huacha, which is ye eld rocket launcher. No, uh, is it like a rocket launcher? It's essentially it, it was a device for firing rocket powered arrows in like the fifteen late fifteen hundreds. Um, mm-hmm. So know. where so, was that? This was, uh, was Korea. Back- yeah, it's one of my uh, favorite like yeah. old school inventions. The, the watcher, yeah, it's,
1: it's, I know the one you mean. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. a big like.
2: Yeah, it's like a big grid sized filled thing, with right? cart-sized yeah. thing with arrows, yeah. and then you lit the rocket pow- like gunpowder on fire, and it shot arrows as like eld rocket launcher. So I feel like it's one of these things where like you're not gonna think, yes, it's a very abstracted form of throwing, um, but I feel like we we eventually got big brained enough we moved away from thinking. Well, this is a thing that we can do physically. Therefore, it's a.
0: That's very advanced. It's interesting you mentioned that, though, because of course one of our, the more common, like we know, predecessors of the rocket comes from, um, I guess, China or you know uh, that part of the world where gunpowder was. You know, they made rockets, right? They made ro- actual more like something we would think of as rocket, but a flammable material inside a tube and blammo. Um and uh, by the way, having been a member of uh, Model Rocket Club for many years in elementary school and high school, things like that, it's awesome. I support it. Uh, it
2: but that's really, uh,
0: it's quite advanced thinking. to be You know, like a, there's a lot of steps being put
2: together. It's a bit abstracted from I'm going to throw a thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or I cannot, I just never, here's the, here's the interesting thing. Imagine never having the thought to throw something. And somehow, you know, maybe there's some, I'm sure there were geniuses that (laughs) cropped up here and there, you know, who had some idea to um, suddenly build a machine that fires something in some direction and it it just not being seen by uh, anybody who might uh, be willing to fund further research in that area. (laughs) And it goes away. You know, Whereas if the military or, you know, if the king sees that, they might have been uh Ooh. this uh, interesting device and that that skipping over the part about humans having to do it themselves in their own crude way first um like it's almost like could we have gone from uh could we have skipped baseball and gone straight to riflery <laughs> you know right right or something <laughs> like that yeah. uh kind of kind of what we're talking
1: about um yeah. So I think it depends how much of an orthodox Darwinian you are. So like, as I'd mentioned before, if your orthodox Darwin, Darwinian thinking says everything has to be gradual, that there are no sudden changes, um, and that would apply to tool use as well. Um, so everything has to be just a little bit better than the one previously. Um, I think in terms of technology, the Industrial Revolution and in subsequent years might make that a harder position to to take than it once was but debatable yeah yeah
0: yeah. um now what if we went fully down the road of let's say that we went full out our our bodies did not change beyond um let's go even further to the point where like we didn't even have anything like an opposable thumb we never got close to what all these other creatures have so let's say we had hands like uh What's a creature that has hands that has absolutely no opposable thumb? I was going to say a dog or something, but actually, dogs have little. Yeah. A dog's okay. Yeah. So, no. uh, um, right. So, even though a dog has a little thumb, <laughs> almost sorry.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't oppose. Doesn't oppose.
0: Uh, right, right, right. So, if we had hands like a pause, we only had paws, little dog paws. Um, now, leap forward to the world we've invented mm-hmm. that is totally adapted to us using those kinds of uh, that kind of hand. What might it look like? So there's no doors, for instance, or
1: doors are all push. They're they're They're, all little doors like dogs. They're all push. (laughs) Um, uh, So I should say my my dog, Magpie, is actually very good at using her paws um, to manipulate things. Uh So she can, um, for instance, she can hold a ball between two paws. Yeah. Um, but since she needs her paws to stand on, she can only do that while she's laying on her back. Yeah. So what she can't do is carry the ball with her paws from place to place. So she has to use her mouth. Um, and then once she gets to where she wants to be, she can drop the ball and then play with it with her paws. So I suspect we're going to see a lot of humans carrying stuff around in our mouths. Um, so, you know, instead of bags or jars designed to be held in hands, we have, I don't know, bags with straps that we carry around in our mouth. Um, uh, so that would be interesting.
0: What kind of sport have we invented? Uh, in 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 other words, suppose it was if it was what does dog baseball look like?
1: Uh, well, I should say thumb wrestling is right out. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Dog baseball, I would imagine, looks a lot like what I see at the dog park, which is one dog grabs the ball in her mouth and runs really fast, and the other dogs run after her trying to get her to drop the ball, and then if they do, they take the ball in their mouth and they run in the opposite direction really fast.
0: Which might be Um, closer to football. Well, I was going to say, football, a game designed around the foot, a part of our anatomy where we don't have this complexity that we have in the hands, right? And so... It's interesting you wind up with a game like, oh, or, or soccer, too, right?
2: I was yeah. going to say, I was saying American football and the fact that you just... It's, it's American football with no passing place. It's only running. You yeah. only <laughs> ever run the ball. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, how about architecture? Because one thing we haven't really talked about is, like but Matt, when you were talking about the ability to... to Was it napping? To nap? Um, to take... Bang two stones together to shape the other stone into a better tool. Eventually, that leads to building, you know, gigantic temples and things like that because you have the ability to hammer away, it's to shape stones into bricks and eventually beautiful Corinthian <laughs> <the> leather. <laughs> the Corinthian columns, but yes, you're right, go all the way to the leather. Uh, what do, uh, what kind of, uh, if, when dogs set out to build uh, great temples, what if they uh, what do they do?
1: I think it might oh, be wow. made of sticks at first yeah, I guess you could pile sticks yeah. Um, yeah. I mean beavers build sort of domes, right? Yeah um, so the great, great the stick complex of Giza. yeah presumably dogs would be able to build something at least as good as a beaver dam.
2: Yeah, because I mean bricks are right out. You can't really bite a brick right. efficiently. Right.
0: But you devise a tool. So, so here's the thing. What, what's a tool you can, you can wield really well with your mouth. Now, dogs love, right. They carry sticks. That's a great thing. They just love sticks. Right. And yet you generally don't see them using that stick to play baseball <laughs> for instance, or as, as a bat.
1: Uh, yeah. I'm not sure what, um, I mean, Crows will use sticks held in their beaks to, like, you know, poke inside small holes. Um, uh, But that's not going to help with building a structure.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think eventually, where the really what this question is, is sort of like if I said, if it, our brains do advance, our brains do become very sophisticated, Uh, even if we, our bodies don't go down the road that human bodies have in evolution. So I think that the dog would eventually figure out pulleys, right? If the dog could carry, if the dog can only carry a stick, but they figure out somehow how to build a pulley system. uh, Now they're on their way to lifting giant things just like we are. Uh, Yeah.
2: Yeah. But I think always at the end of the day, you still have the, the problem where you have to get the thing that you put on the pulley off the pulley. (laughs) <laughs> Which again, yes. you meet the bottleneck of, you know, your mouth. And I've, I've been like really thinking, like, you know, maybe there would be workarounds. So, for example, you know, we said bricks are right out, but you know, why does a brick have to be wide as opposed to long and thin? If everything goes back right. to stick as the default dog yep. creature unit of measurement, then you get very long, thin uh, bricks for construction material. Maybe because I, I assume that you could, with your mouth, reasonably work. Like a spatula to to do um, grout and stuff like that, or what, like cementing between the bricks? Mortar, that's the word I was looking for, mortar. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I don't
0: know, I I mean, I think getting getting dogs to, here's what's interesting, I was thinking about dogs, they are pack creatures, and so getting them to work in a pack um, is... I would say conceivable, but but they already got. Yeah. So in fact, if you had basically what, if you, you could imagine a, I'm sure there's science fiction novels uh, around this idea that a truly brilliant leader of the pack dog, a dog who's a brilliant, you know, great, basically charismatic leader of his pack. A dog could have a pack that had, that was million strong. And that's essentially what our modern life is. (laughs) Anyway, Right. In which case, well, I should
1: say, Gabby, you said you've been rewatching the Planet of the Apes movies. Isn't wow. that yeah, the the yeah, premise yeah. of the more recent ones that there's one ape that's particularly smarter than the others and teaches them how to do things like that? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's Andy Circus.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's yeah. monkey Andy <laughs> Circus. Yes. Yeah,
1: I'll do whatever Andy Circus tells me to do.
0: That's no
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, but behind Andy Circus is actually Peter Jackson. See, it's even more. It's just just goes up higher and higher and higher. Higher levels. Turns out, by the way, Peter Jackson created the Beatles. He's, he's mastered time and uh, gone back and rewritten uh, the Beatles' history to make it much more pleasant. Um, so, uh, Gabby, uh, final final thoughts. Anything? Uh, um, what sort of strikes you as most uh, interesting? That came something interesting came out of this experiment for you.
2: I mean, I definitely think it's cool thinking about the whole, you know, mind, arm, thumb axis of human development. I mean, because like I said, you know, we happen to have the really nice thumbs uh, for this. We have the wicked pitching arm. And uh, I don't think I, I mentioned it, but, you know, unlike most other primates, we ask questions. Even if you teach a chimp to sign, they don't ask questions. Um, so we at least have the, the general understanding that there might be a thing that another person knows that I don't know. Um, Which I think is very nice for developing society and sharing information, which has contributed to huge, huge, huge booms in technology, which is how we get the abstraction from throwing spear to rocket, arrow rocket launcher to spaceship.
0: That's interesting. From that, I must say, I took an immediate leap to... The idea of thumbs up and thumbs down, for instance, and thought, well, there would be no (laughs) thumbs up and no thumbs down, and therefore perhaps an entire, you know, species or something which is, who is, which are, whatever the proper words are, non-judgmental, you know, enormously powerful, but they, they don't they have, basically they have no film critics. And uh, (laughs) having been the subject of film critics at times, I think it's a good, good riddance, you know, we can do without that. Not to mention the whole gladiator thing. Um, I was
2: about to say their gladiators are stuck in limbo. You can't st- tell yeah. them to live or die, so they're just stuck there.
1: <laughs> just, just keep fighting. Live <laughs> forever. Yeah.
0: yeah. Or maybe they decide to stop and say, you
1: know what? Let's let's share yeah. a bowl of water together. Let's just live together.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, how about you?
1: Well, I mean, we're effectively touching on sort of great questions of human evolution and anthropology. It's um, uh yes. Did the, the structure of the hand come first? Did the need for tools come first? Did the social structure that allowed the teaching of tool use um, come first? Did the, the brain have to get to a certain point? Um, and these, these sorts of things don't fossilize well, so it's hard to get evidence about them sometimes. Um, and it's kind of interesting to see over the years how people have made arguments for all the different possibilities of what it because essentially this is the question of what makes us human is it the shape of our hands is it the use of the tools is it our ability to talk about the tools is it the ability to murder other people who don't quite look like us um uh, you know where do we want to draw that line um uh and so it's a super rich kind of question right
0: that's fascinating you know that's yeah I, I thought about that that idea that certain things don't fossilize well where eventually you get to the point where people could write things down and then you start to at least be able to get some sort of historical record of what people were yeah, thinking. Yeah, but
1: that's really, really late. Right?
0: Way down the yeah. road, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. You know, we have 50,000 years of tools um, without any kind of writing before wow. before that. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, I find it quite, I just realized, quite interesting and in fact a bit haunting. That How is it that both Facebook and YouTube Two of the most, by far, dominant social media platforms and influential for good or ill, um, right now in the world, have a thumb. <laughs> but not even as a joke, right? Have a thumb as as the main engagement. That's
1: right. That's their main thing.
0: Portal, yeah, and it's a. And it's only a. Uh, uh, no, Facebook was only thumbs up for a while, but uh, YouTube thumbs up. Yeah. So YouTube and Facebook go away immediately with Nigel's uh, imaginary if. And so already it's, a, it's perhaps a better world. Perhaps. But then again, maybe there might not be podcasts. Uh, I hope you've all uh, enjoyed listening to this. Um, and uh, if you'd like to hear more things like this and help us out and help us grow the show, uh, head over to patreon.com whattheif or uh, go to our website, whattheif.com and, and uh, tell us what you think. I believe that most, uh, if your podcasting app does allow allow you to use a thumb up or thumb down, then I encourage that the, the use of that digit. Fire away. Uh, others are more um, more, uh, I don't know, celestial oriented. They they ask you to tell how many stars you think a show is worth. Mm, so I hope you right. think we're worth all the stars, all the stars. Um, and uh, you can write to us at feedback at what if dot com as well uh matt is there anything you'd like to plot anything coming up
1: um let's see here oh yeah on um, january 28th i'll be giving a lecture for one day university if anybody wants to hear me talk about einstein and that'll be virtual so you can attend that wherever you like fantastic and so the what the website for that uh one day university com. One day dot com check it
0: out matt stanley speaking about einstein and by the way if you go to our webs our website what the dot com um, you know, I'll put a link to that there. But also, you can uh, get a link to Matt's uh, fantastic book called Einstein's War, uh, and you can read a little bit about that and find out where to buy it. It's uh, I highly recommend it. Um, Gabby, how about you?
2: Just the usual: get vaccinated, get your booster, and if you have questions about either and need convincing that they're useful, just send an email.
0: Right on feedback at whattheif.com with your questions. And, uh, and and if you're already convinced, you know, but you have, if there's other people and you'd like to, you know, what are some ways maybe you can talk to other people about it? Gabby's fantastic on that, see so if you have questions about that. We can help with that communication as well. Science communication is what we're all about and having fun and things like that. Um, but also, you know, this is not the really faint of heart. Uh, taking on this task requires a certain amount of fortitude. Uh, Matt, can you explain why? What's the um, what well, danger do we put ourselves in?
1: It's because while we're sitting there playing with our ball with our non-opposable paws, we look up and on the horizon is a crowd of primates who are using their opposable thumbs to begin hurling spears at me. Uh, so as I see them charging towards me, I can't help but scream, WHAT <laughs> THE... We'll
0: see y'all later. Thumbs up.